Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 166 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Final Plan with Dimensions from their closed casket secret split with My Luck, which came out like 20 years ago and isn't relevant anymore, other than the fact that I love that song, I love that split, might be my favorite split of all time. Uh, I have so many things I can say about it, I'm going to do that briefly here. I bought that split because of My Luck, I saw My Luck 
play a show near my house with striking distance and worn thin and desperate measures uh, when I was a wee lad, probably still uh, maybe 11th grade, 10th grade, somewhere around there. And uh, my luck, this band from Texas seemed wild to me when they played. Their drummer stood up. That's Maybe that's all he did. He stood up, but his drums fell over. The, the vocalist might have jumped into him. I don't know. Something about the drums and my luck I vaguely remember uh, being, being uh, intense and like nothing I'd ever seen before. So I remember being at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, rest in peace, just closed this past summer. Anyway, I was there and uh, for some other show, and I went back to some distro, and I found uh, this CD with My Luck and Final Plan, and I didn't have anything physical from My Luck yet, so I, I really excitedly bought that CD, and then I then the, the first side of it is that song. That's The first song is Dimensions by Final Plan, and it's like three more songs by Final Plan, and it blew me away, and I loved it, and um, and I still do. And just just over the summer, I finally got a, a vinyl copy of this record. So anyway, this is more information than you need to, you need to know, other than the fact that that is Final Plan from Cleveland. Uh, some weird getting it out podcast ties. That song, this side of the split, was produced by Steve Felton, also known as Skinny Mac. Skinny Mac, the drummer from Mushroomhead, who was a guest on Getting It Out podcast in 2020. So there you go. There's your tie-in. Hope you enjoyed it. A little bit of facts for you. Anyway, that's the way we're starting this episode. High energy. And we're going to try and keep it that way. Sorry if it's a little echoey right now. New basement still filling it in with furniture, so uh, you'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. We'll get by. Um, this episode features an interview with Matt Anderson. He's the vocalist for Purgatory. Purgatory's from the Midwest. We'll try to nail that down for you when we talk to him. But he's from the Midwest, and they got a record coming out on Unbeaten. It's called Lawless to Grave, and it rules. It comes out April 9th, so be ready for it. We're giving you a little bit of notice. Um, so let's do the Hot Zone intro, and then get the fuck going. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, Oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? He said, Oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? He said, No, you don't got to write a rap first. The hardcore podcast he said, All right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, why you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, why you getting it out? Get it out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Rest in peace, J Money, NLFTW forever! Okay, maybe it's premature, but I'm going to say that spring is here in Pennsylvania. We did it, we made it, and now it's going to snow for the next three weeks because I said that. That's Mother Nature being mean, as she usually is. Nobody ever mentions Mother Nature when she's nice. Right now she's being nice, although it's a little rainy. On my trip I just made. I just made a drive out to Philadelphia back. It's a little bit rainy. Uh, not a little bit rainy. A lot of bit rainy. A lot of bit to the point where you're slipping and sliding on, on the on the turnpike going 70. That feels dangerous. I bet it is. Um, I, 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 I was told a stat once that uh, once uh, you get in a car wreck, once you hit that 70 mile per hour mark, uh, the survival rate for accidents drops to like 40%. That's not good odds. I don't want to die like that. Especially, I don't want to die all soggy and wet either um so i was safe i i didn't turn on my four ways like the other people did just now i feel like that's a little bit of a nerd move uh, my car is dark people can see me i hope 
I'm not turning on my four ways like that. That's uh, that's going too far. Too cautious for me. I live a little bit on the edge. You know, I'm I'm dangerous. They would say uh, to my own health. But you know, whatever. I smoked for like 15 years. So I clearly uh, am not very intelligent or or take uh, wise risks. You know, that's gonna come back to get me one day. One day when uh, when everything's said and done and my body like turns on me. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to accept it. I smoked for 15 years, probably more. It was six. I don't know what 16. Probably, probably like 17. Let's say 17. I smoked cigarettes. Do you smoke cigarettes? It's okay if you do, but it stinks. Okay. Anyway, I don't want to go get get into that. Um, there was a jeep in front of me going through the toll booths, and as I mentioned on previous episodes, toll booths now are like a challenge. They put that speedometer right there to tell you how fast you're going, or the speed radar, I guess we call it. And uh, they went through it like. 12 miles per hour. The suggested speed limit is 5. Um, and they went through a 12. Total nerd. Um, you got to get through that thing at least at 30. It's it's a challenge. That's why they have the thing there. You don't have to pay anybody any money. You just go. All right. It's freedom. Um, it's, it's the new world. Are they ever going to bring back toll booth people? I think I've talked about that too many times in the podcast. So let's move on. Anyway, this Jeep had rough country stickers all over it. Do you know what that is? Neither do I. But I see this a lot on Jeeps. They always have rough country sticker. What does that mean? It's almost like the Salt Life sticker, but rough country. This car didn't look rough at all. This looks really pristine and nice. Is it rough country club? Am I missing something? Is there another? Is Are we using rough differently these days? I know the kids have changed the word aesthetic. I know that doesn't mean aesthetic anymore. It means something that I don't understand. It's weird to be one of these adults who's trying to understand teenagers. It's very weird. Um, and it's very weird to not be good at it. You always think you're going to grow up and be able to be able to still be cool in the eyes of a younger generation but let me tell you from firsthand experience you're not i'm not we're nerds we're dorks we're geeks i mean they are but they think we are do you know how that works i'm sure you do um but uh but we don't need to get all into that either we need to get into the fact that i have matt anderson from purgatory on this episode of the podcast and we as i mentioned in the intro are going to talk about their unbeaten records full length that is dropping April 9th. It's called Lawless to Grave and there's plenty of things to say about it and we're going to do a good job chatting it up and giving you information and making you all feel warm inside but not too warm because that would be weird. Uh, But yeah, let's check out the track No One Gets Out Alive and then get into the interview with Matt. Face of milk cart, they say you're not for a night. It's all wrong. Whoa. 
How's it going? What's up, Matt? How you doing? Good, good. How you doing? I'm good. It's Monday, right? And uh, it, it is Monday. So, so it's but it's Monday's almost over. I don't know about you, but uh, I stereotypically hate Mondays. You know, uh, I hate this Monday exceptionally because my my busy season at work just started today. So we were busting ass all day, and it's Monday. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a I'm a hardscaping foreman, so I do like paver patios and and uh, walls and like block walls and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Just, I'm gonna need you to come over to my house. I want a chimney in my backyard. Can you do that for me? I I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. come on over. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I guess this is, I don't, I don't, wait, wait a minute. I, I was going to ask you this anyway. And by the way, we're already going. All right. We're already recording for this thing, if that's all right with you. But, um, cool. The, you guys, Purgatory. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get, you are Matt and you do vocals for Purgatory, correct? Yeah. And everything I see about Purgatory says Midwest. And I don't know what that means because that covers a lot of ground. So where exactly are you? So we Near are train. located in, yeah, yeah, you can hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, it's not overwhelmingly loud, no, no, no. is it? No, it's good. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're located in Northwest Indiana, kind of the, I don't want to say like the heart of the band is, but there's three of us here in Northwest Indiana. So we're like about two hours west of indianapolis um so we're like we're we're not too far from chicago and everything about 40 miles from chicago or so uh and then one of the dudes josh who plays guitar he lives out in arizona oh shit and then our bass player tito lives he just moved on to alabama from tennessee wow so you guys are all spread out yeah that's that's cool. Uh, I don't know why that's cool, but I just think that's cool. Indiana, I always, all right, I I don't know about you, but I'm a I'm a bit of a jock, a bit of a sports guy. So and especially basketball. So I, anytime I hear Indiana, I always think about Reggie Miller and uh, Indiana Pacers, and that probably has nothing to do with anything that you're about. But I just wanted to say that get my basketball reference in hey, I, early. I grew up playing all kinds of sports. I was a hockey player for a really long time, and I played a little bit of football. Um, but I've kind of I've dabbled in in a lot, so yeah, I'm I'm still 100% a jock. Hell yeah! <laughs> there's there's been this rule that we're like you know this unspoken rule that if you're you can't be into sports and still be in the hardcore or metal or you know extreme music. And I have always said fuck that. Uh, I like both and always have. So I'm glad to hear there's yeah. plenty more of us out there. Yeah. That's, that's a super weird rule. It's like, oh, you can't be in hardcore because you like to take care of yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think, the, but, but ironically, I think there is usually a funny correlation between like fat slobs loving football and like uh, skinny straight edge dudes like just being into art. You know, <laughs> like the one that, thing. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of kind of true. There, there is a good stereotype with that. So. But, but anyway, anyway, okay. So, so you you you're like I said in purgatory. Um, we're talking because you got a you got a record coming out called Lawless to Grave on Unbeaten Records. 
Uh, that comes out on April 9th, I want to say, which I know you guys did on purpose because that's my brother's birthday. <laughs> so, 100%. He'll, yeah. he'll like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's right, though. It's, it's our follow-up LP to Cold Side of Reality, and it comes out April 9th. Um, and it's our, it's our second full length with Unbeaten Records. Uh, so working with Buddy is a dream. It must be, because everybody I talk to uh, seems to love working with Buddy. Everybody I talk to that works with Buddy seems to love working with Buddy. And uh, I enjoy working with Buddy on the few things that I've done, too. So I can, Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, there's there's that, uh, that whole, and uh, I, I bring this up every time I talk to somebody on Unbeaten Records, that when you you kind of see that, that, that name, Unbeaten Records, you're like, okay, well, I know this is going to be of a certain quality, right? Um but before before we get all into that, can we do some real basic stuff? Um, like the first question should be, and this will be a good one for you, uh, is okay. how often do you wash your legs? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I shower. I basically shower almost every day because I'm filthy when I get home. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I wash my legs, but. Hey, listen, I'm not going to say that I always wash my feet, though. Okay, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, you're being honest. You know, I'm, I've uh, I've learned to do that a little more because I did realize, like, fellas or ladies, uh, you know, if the soap is just running down there, it's not washing them. <laughs> it's, that's right, and that's why a lot of people don't wash their legs because they think they're just getting runoff and they're good. But, you know, you need, you need to scrub or else... Or else it's yeah. not doing any good. Yeah. But uh, but okay, I haven't busted that question out for a while, so I thought it was time to get to get a new answer it's on amazing, that one. But, amazing <laughs> yeah. answer, old question. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so so all right, no, no, no. Okay, real real question is um, Indiana. All right, I'm thinking Indiana hardcore, Indiana metal, or any in Indiana anything uh, extreme heavy. The only thing, and I know there's definitely other Indiana bands that I'm not picking up right now off the top of my head, but the first one that I think of, whether this is a good thing or not, is uh, was Blood and Blood Out an Indiana band? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're from our area, and you can't you can't talk about Indiana hardcore or metal even without talking about Blood and Blood Out. Okay, so that's that's one I can think of. But for you, I don't know how old you are, but for you, who was like the local band that you were going to see like regularly? Uh, as far as Indiana is concerned, I don't know. If it, whatever you consider local, regular occurrence well, in your scene. So I'm not I'm not from Indiana. So for me, it would have been. Uh, Nodes of Ranbir from South Dakota because that's where I grew up. Oh my God, South Dakota! I didn't know there were people actually lived there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a, a fun interview because you're gonna probably find out a lot of stuff and be like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> I remember. No way. I, I remember Nodes of Ranbir. They were like a face down metalcore band, right? Yeah, yeah, and they eventually went over to to Victory and everything. But I grew up there. One of the guys that that played bass in the band and became the singer for a while. His younger twin brothers went to high school with me. And then I had some other friends that were in like death metal and stuff, but I became really good friends with those guys. And we used to go to just a ton of shows together. And yeah, I mean, nodes was, that was the band that I rarely ever missed a show. So 
Wow, that's so South Dakota. This is even this is even crazier than Indiana. What else is happening in South Dakota? How did you like? All right, I I know I know I sound like one of these dickheads on 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 a coast, and I am okay. So so you have to you have to forgive me. But like the you know the the idea of I don't know. Like I, I just I put it I put it on an episode today where I was talking to a guy uh, Spencer from this band Endgame in Calgary, Canada. You know, and and, and to me that's like okay. what the fuck? What, what's, what's how did that happen? How did you guys? have radios up there you know um and <laughs> but that's like the same thing like when, when i think of the dakotas i think of the, that bum carson wentz they gave us and that's about it you know and so 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 but i know but like i know for a fact that that that's that i'm being an idiot and that's very uh <laughs> unfair of me so what else has happened like for you how did you find how did you find heavy music like this out in south dakota it so I was exposed to um, like hard rock and typical classic rock from my dad and his brothers at a at a younger age, and that was that was definitely like the opening, like the, the portal to finding out about that kind of music. I was just I was exposed to it right off the bat. Like my dad was like a metalhead, and what was his big band? He loved like ACDC and you know Van Halen and things like that. Like it was all like very very classic rock, but there would be things intertwined in there, like a little bit of Slayer and a little bit of Metallica and stuff. That's and awesome. He actually like he used to go to Ozfest before it was like a big popular known thing. Yeah, and he saw he saw Metallica on Ozfest. I'm pretty sure before they were like this massive national band and i had he gave me a bunch of cassette tapes when i was younger and there was like a there was like a dubbed slayer one on there you saw slayer like when they were pretty young and i had a a metallica cassette tape where it was just a hit the light single off of kill them all Mm -hmm. and then the other side was just an instrumental and he had the the no life to leather like a, a dub of it. I don't know if he, if he just got that. It definitely wasn't like an original. Yeah. But that's, so Metallica was like a, that was a big opening thing for me as well. But ACDC, him and, him and his, uh, his brother John, I mean, any time that we'd be around Back in Black was just always playing. And as I got like a, a little older, I'm only talking like fifth grade or so, um, I actually just talked about this recently, but it's always fun to talk about. I uh, I had a friend in elementary school who had older brothers that were into, like, punk and metal and stuff like that, but they just gave me, like, this big stack of CDs. And there was generic stuff that you listen to. I, I'm going to be 35 in August, so, like, the stuff that was generic when we were younger was obviously, like, Limp Bizkit and... Corn and like typical new metal stuff. Yeah, awesome stuff. But, okay, I'm 36 right now, and that stuff was awesome then. It's still awesome now. All right, we can still say that. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. I, I won't. I'm not going to say that about Limp Bizkit because when I if I try to listen to Limp Bizkit now, which I don't, but if no come way, on, I'm just like, I, come on, I like, man. This is not one that I can do. Three dollar bill, y'all, is absolute classic. All right. It's I no, I would agree. I, like I would agree, three dollar bill, y'all, and significant other are 
they're definitely classics. Like they they are. They they still stand the test of time. Like kids, younger kids still find out about it and listen to it. But as I get older, I kind of stray away from that. But a lot of the other bands that were like on the Family Values tours and stuff, those are bands that I still listen to. That's fair. I'll take that. Uh, but within this this stack of CDs, and like I said, I tell the story all the time, so I'll never forget it. There was a Deicide CD in there, mm-hmm. and like I didn't know what Deicide meant or anything. I just saw the logo, and I was like, "Okay, it was their self-titled CD." I was like, "Well, this looks way different than everything else." You know, there's not a bunch of dudes wearing like backward fitted hats on the covers <laughs> and stuff. Right. And I put it in the CD player, and the the music that started coming out of the speakers, I was like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Like, this is the craziest stuff. I've ever heard in my life. And after I heard that CD, like, I mean, it it was like my whole world opened up to some other part of life that I obviously didn't know existed. And I just wanted more, you know, so that, that really, really opened the door to like listening to a ton of metal. Um, And then through metal, that's how I found out about a lot of punk and hardcore. Yeah, because there a lot of those bands back then were like very intertwined, you know, like like Dying Fetus used to listen to a ton of hardcore. Like they still they played with hardcore bands all the time and Skinless and stuff like that. But that's how and I got into the Misfits and like Danzig when I was super young. But obviously that's a natural introduction to Black Flag and you know all all that kind of stuff and the bands that. Chuck Biscuits from Danzig used to play in because he played in a ton of big punk bands and stuff. Like you, that's that was my portal to heavy music, though. Well, that's good. That's pretty diverse for heavy music. You had a little bit of everything: a little death metal, a little little new metal, a little punk, a little hardcore, and that's 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 me now. Still, you know, um, you mentioned like Dying sure. Fetus being yeah. into hardcore, and uh, I spent a lot of years in Baltimore, and yeah, there's Dying Fetus is well known. As fans of hardcore, they even did that next step up cover of Bringing Back the Glory, which uh, I don't know how many people are aware of that one these days, but they, they should be. I mean, of next step up, right? That, that band never got a whole lot of love, but they should have, or maybe in revisionist uh, time they will. But anyway, and then, uh, like, like you said, Deicide. Do you remember what Deicide record that was? It was it was the self-titled one. It's got the okay. It's a yeah. black cover, and it just has like the the seal on the front, like the emblem on the front. Of right. The front. Well, I I was hoping it was once upon the once upon the cross, so I could so I could preach that that's the best one. But uh, I'll take that one. The, the self-titled and Legion will will they measure up as well, and people would say that they're the better ones. So either way, either way, I'll give you. I, I'm with you. I think once upon the cross is their best record. Like there's no there, there's just no denying it, it has like. <laughs> That has the best songs on it. I, you know what really gets me on that one and what probably pushes it past the other ones for me, and it comes down to just this because I think they're all so even, is just the cover art. I love the way that record looks. Right. That's right. awesome. Yeah. It's, it's eye-appealing, that's for sure, even like the <laughs> edited versions that they had. So. I don't know if I've seen an edited version, but I'm sure I have. But I, anyway, so, okay, so... You you get into all this, and uh, I don't know. You, like you said, you're 35, so you and I are very similar ages. Um, when did you uh, start playing in bands and actually get involved in your scene? 
I, well, I had like a funny little band in fifth grade that like wasn't a real band, so it doesn't count. It's just like funny to talk about now. (laughs) But when I was in middle school, going into like early high school, I had bought a guitar from a pawn shop with a friend and like he had a practice amp as well. And he would just come over to my place and like we'd play like the worst stuff that you could possibly play on guitar. Like, but we just did it like as loud and as fast as we could. No idea what we were doing. Like I learned, we, he showed me what a power chord was and it was just like, okay, well I'm just going to slide my fingers all over the place and play as fast as I can. And like, we were just like these dorky little preteen kids, like playing, I guess what you would call like a form of punk in my bedroom. And then we had a friend come over, no drummer, no anything. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was very Rick to life-ish. Yeah, um, yeah. You got, you got somebody that plugs into a practice amp as well and he's, and he's singing. I, no, I think it was like a karaoke machine. And somebody's just screaming in this karaoke machine and we're just not even playing the same things. But after a while that, like, I learned London Dungeon on guitar. And that kind of, like, taught all of us to, like, so we, we learned a lot of Misfits covers, like, super early. And that that was, like, okay, like, we can, like, slow down and, like, actually try and, like, play songs. And then this this band was very short-lived, but it was called The Ghosts. Um, and it stood for government officials are total shit, <laughs> <laughs> but we were, uh, so it wasn't like, about uh, Tom Brady, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a Le- LeBron. But Wait, South was, Dakota. It, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Too, too young, too yeah, young back yeah, then. Yeah. I think I'm, I but so that was like the first introduction of being like, okay, like we could like we're kids but we can still like get instruments and play music but it never it was never anything serious my first like serious band that i sang for i was like 17 but there there was a band from south dakota called and we were called bench press but it wasn't there's another band that got bigger called bench press from pennsylvania was like oh you were in that yeah 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 they were they were on the podcast before in that band (laughs) Okay. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, if they happen to listen to this, like we were around first, but you guys were way oh, bigger than I was. Shit, we bench Don't press worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, everybody is always like, "Oh, you were in that band." I was like, "No, we were not in that band. That band was way better than mine." Like, <laughs> no. But we were, we were a legit band. We put out, uh, we had like a little demo, and then we put out an EP, and then we like paid for our own full length and we were just kind of like just a very like broad local band we mainly played in different parts of south dakota and then like i think went to minnesota and we played a show one single show in colorado which is like 12 hours away we drove there played it was awful (laughs) uh but we played with okay so we played with like 
Oh, we played with Killing Kings. I think Fight Like Hell might have played, if you remember those bands. Absolutely. My um, good friend Matt Strum played in Fight Like Hell, and they once played Pennsylvania. I walked up to him this time I met him, and I told him, I love your band, but your name is terrible. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, they're, so we played a legendary venue. This is like my only claim to fame with this band is we got to play Sox Place, and Sox Place still existed. And that was like, the cool one of the coolest venues i've ever seen and that was in in denver um i mean the show was like super fun but yeah we were around for like a couple of years we kind of like we were very reminiscent of two period to die and x tyrant x and just like that stuff that was big in like 2004 yeah i know exa- i know exactly what you mean kind of big straight edge metalcore not metalcore but but also it was metalcore i don't i don't know if you, if you know what i'm saying yeah. that's exactly how i describe it it was like metalcore with a bunch of tough guy shit in it remember yeah, you yeah. remember when we were younger and tough guy was an actual genre right yeah yeah and that just meant somebody in the band wore a headband or a basketball jersey yeah i that, that wore was it. both um, <laughs> yeah. partially because of johnny the singer for seventh star did the same thing and i was like well that guy looks cool so i can do that too so yeah i <laughs> i wore a headband and a jersey and like bandanas under flat bill hats and like the Ooh, diamond earrings the nice. whole you know like, yeah what was the jerseys band. what jerseys were you wearing let's talk about that i probably just had like some stupid local sioux falls one um i most i definitely had like a custom-made one with our area code on it Oh, that's um, hard. That's, 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 on the front of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And then, yeah, I mean, probably like whatever jerseys I could find at like the thrift store. So I probably had like a New York Knicks one and like, I don't know, probably like a Phoenix Suns one or something. Oh, like, that's good if it's Whatever a you would one. find at a thrift store. <laughs> I hear you. All right, so so you do this, you do bench press for a while. You get so you get you got some you got some experience at least playing in a band. And and let's fast forward to how you end up in purgatory. What, where does this come from? Because obviously you got to move, I assume. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yep. and and now so let's let's fast forward a little bit to how you end up as part of purgatory. So in like 2011, I had moved down to Nebraska. And there had been a pre-existing band down there called Mandalize. And, like, not a lot of people knew that I had played in bands before. But when the vocalist for Vandalize was, he was moving away. He was moving off to Baltimore, I think. They they came up to me at a show. And they were like, yo, like, after this dude moves, we want you to sing for Vandalize. Like, are you down? I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's cool. Like. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll play. I was like, we're going to rewrite some of the songs. I'm like, I'm changing your lyrics because I think your lyrics suck. And he was like, for real? Like, all of them? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like, I, <laughs> your band kind of blows, dude. But you guys are my friends. So, yeah, like, well, let's do it. And so, yeah, I, I joined, and we played one show, technically under the moniker, Vandalize. And then we played one show under the moniker hard pack and i was like look like where i want to play like real music and write like real songs 
and have like a real band name like if you guys want to take this seriously and we wrote uh, a demo called hell on earth and i was like yo like what do you guys think about calling the band purgatory because they took it from a slayer song and everybody's like yeah that's hard that's cool and like that's when like old english font was super popular yeah and you know it was all about just like being like borderline metal but hard at the same time like arms way and nails and all that kind of stuff right forfeit like so it would change we wrote a demo called hell on earth and i wrote like basically that whole entire demo on an electric guitar with no amp i just <laughs> i didn't own an amp and my guitar didn't work so i would play up in my room at the house that i lived at and then uh my like i would go to my roommate or my my other bandmate's house or wherever we'd practice be like all right like i need to plug into your amp to see how this sounds and then some of the stuff was like yo this is sick as hell the other stuff was like uh well now that I can hear what this sounds like a real with a real amp, this is really bad. <laughs> but <laughs> I wrote, yeah, I wrote a good chunk of that stuff. And we played off of those songs for like a while. We played a ton of shows around like our area of the Midwest, like Nebraska. And we went over to Iowa a lot. And those were like, it was just bouncing back and forth between those areas. And then I I moved into a house with, the bass player and the guitar player. And for some reason, like any time the idea of practice would be brought up, it was just like, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm feeling it or I don't know. We're kind of busy right now. And it was like, them like watching baseball on TV. So like, oh, like, okay. Baseball. So That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like I used to, I, I, back in the day, I was a big Red Sox fan, but I can't like sit and watch baseball on the TV though. Not all nine innings, (laughs) but that took away from like keeping the band serious because in like 2011 through, I'm just going to say like 2014, it seems that the staple for bands all across the United States was to put out one or two EPs and then just break up. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, I'm not trying to do this, you know, like, I want to be a band. And I started just kind of recruiting other people. And I had a homie that lived uh, in Lincoln. I was living in Omaha. So Lincoln, Nebraska was where the Cornhuskers are. Yeah. They, that was probably 35, 40 minutes away. But he played drums. And I was like, hey, like, Purgatory is not doing anything right now. Um, Some of the guys just like aren't feeling it. Do you? you want to play drums and he was like fuck yeah let's do it and then i had met this dude aaron who played with us for quite a few years and him and i kind of started hanging out and he was a fan of the band i was like let's let's jam you know like let's let's learn the old stuff and let's write some new stuff and throughout that process of basically finding a whole new lineup we wrote our our second ep called rabbit visions and that one's uh, a little more easier to find online than, than Hell on Earth is. Yes. But that that lineup, uh, we wrote Gospel of War after that. And so, you know, not I don't want to jump too too far ahead, but that that lineup with Aaron and, and my buddy Bryce 
And then we kind of, we've always had like fill-ins and kind of had a revolving door for the band because a lot of people either just didn't want to do the work or didn't take it seriously or like that other things come up or they moved or whatever. But that was kind of the core four piece for us. And then Kyle, who played drums, but we wrote like a pretty solid chunk of material and played together and toured together for like a good couple of years there. Um, but that was the initial inception of, of Purgatory. We stemmed from another band and then just became a whole new entity on its own. Well, that's interesting because I didn't, I didn't realize you guys had been around that long. And I also didn't realize that this is basically your band. It sounds like you are you the only original in the band at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, in all technicality, I've been the only original member since 2011 when we first started. Yeah. But... When we when we broke up for a little while there and then started with the lineup that wrote Rabbit Visions, like that was a whole new lineup on its own. And so I've probably been the only original member since twenty sixteen, I'd say. Nice. So I'd say um, so I would say it's basically it's basically Matt's band. Not no no offense to anybody in the band now, but it's basically it's it's been your it's been your thing. You've been you've been uh, carrying it the whole time and that's very cool. Uh, and, and, and it's, you know, whether or not you're around the whole time or not, 10 years as a hardcore band or whatever you want to call yourselves is, is tough to do. People, like you mentioned, it's usually an EP or two and then out of there. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, so, exactly. so, so I don't, I don't know exactly when you came on my radar. It might've been the last unbeaten record. Um, at some point I felt like everybody was wearing a purgatory hoodie, a real basic one. But uh, one yeah, that works, yeah. you know, that seems that that's a weird thing yeah. that seems to work out for some people, and it worked out for you guys. Um, do, right. So, 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 uh, shit. What do I want to say? So, you got this. What, what, hold on a second. Did we did we get to the point where you end up in Indiana? No, not yet. So that's that's a lot further down the line. I've only been here for like two, uh, three years now. Okay. Okay. Well, then, fuck Indiana. We're not talking about it. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So, I, I want to. So, I, I wanted to get some some background on the band. And then I wanted to, but I want to make sure we. I want to make sure we cover plenty about the new record. So we're gonna leave a little bit of a gap in here, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come cool. up. We're gonna talk about what's happening now, because uh, yeah. I've listened to Lawless to Grave quite a few times, and it's very cool. And uh, my first question, I'm just got to not, this can't be the first time you asked this, is what is up with that title? The grammar in it really fucks me up. Tell me what's going on here. Um, so we, like a lot of the, we definitely had somebody in the band and some other people are like, why is it not Lawless to the grave? Yeah, that's it. And that's my whole question. When you... Honestly, there's two reasons. It looks better on paper, just being lawless to grave. And we took a lot of inspiration from uh, Dying Breed, Take My Soul, Give Me Grave. Okay, yeah. Oh, I know a little Dying Breed so like, maybe that I'd like to share with you. But anyway, go ahead. That The way that that was laid out, um, that's like, Take My Soul, Give Me Grave. You know, like, at your first instinct, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? But... Like I was even talking to Buddy and stuff, and I was like, "Yo, I wanna, I wanna call the record Lawless to Grave," you know. And he was like, "I, I fuck with it. Like I, I love it, you know." And I was like, "But like, some of the people are kind of tripping on the name, and they think it should be Lawless to the Grave." 
And he was like, write it down on a fucking piece of paper and show it to him. You know, and he was like, they'll, they'll get it. He was like, I get it. So it's, it's just kind of the aesthetic of it. And it's, I mean, yeah, the, the dying breed title was a huge influence for why we just decided to call it Lawless the Grave instead of being totally grammatically correct. That's all right. I, I'll, I'll accept that answer. That's a totally reasonable uh, thing to me because uh, it's it's actually got a reason behind it. And I was just thinking, like, would they watch a lot of – never mind. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> I got myself in trouble. But anyway, yeah, so, so I think that's, that's very cool. Um, okay, so also with this record, I see you guys – came all the way out to New Jersey to record with uh, with Len Carmichael, who happens to have the best birthday on earth, and uh, which is November 17th. We share a birthday, much like only the correct okay. people do. So next time you want to wish Len a happy birthday, just think about it that it's my birthday too, and you should probably send me something. But um, you don't have to. There's no pressure. I'm just telling you. Uh, anyway, so how, how did you end up working with Len all the way out in New Jersey? Is this like recommendation of Buddy? Is it just you heard the shit Len did at Landmine Studios and you, you got to work with him? How did this happen? Yeah, so we've like we've known about Len for a while. Obviously, he does so much stuff for like the This Is Hardcore videos, um, and that stuff's cool. But that that's just, I I don't want that to be his claim to fame necessarily. No, you got to look at his roster like. Fucking, he's done both Queensway records. Uh, he's recorded Lifeless. He's done Fury of Five shit. He's done so many bands where we're in love with the way those records sound. Like, there's no no offense to be taken with the way that Cold Side of Reality sounds because we've done two records at Bricktop in Chicago and they both sound great. And Cold Side sounds fucking awesome. But with with like the kind of band that we are and especially is kind of corny as it sounds when you see us live, it, it just doesn't transfer on that record at the time. We were like, yeah, this sounds super great. And as time goes on, it's got kind of a, a produced sound We're we're a, we're a hard, aggressive, very raw band. And Len has put out so many records Swift minds of the dark side by Queensway is like, a prime example of a record that is polished, but it still just sounds like dirty. You know, it may, it sounds so heavy and there's, it brings out a lot more like real emotion in it. And when like, and then lifeless stream too, that's another one where the way that it sonically sounds, it just draws you in. So when we were partway through writing lawless, we're like, we need to, we need to start thinking about where we want to record. And all of us literally off the bat, we're like, let's, let's go to Len. I think there was only one guy that wanted to go back to Bricktop, but that's because he wasn't really aware of Len. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like look at Len's roster and look at the records that he's done. And then think about us as a band. And everybody was like, we have to fucking go to Len. Like it was, it was just a big no brainer. And we hit him up right away and we had tried to go like, one or two other times but you know covid got in the way yeah fuck covid but uh, so you <laughs> the, the, you brought up some interesting things there first one no i'm not going to go first one because it's just a real elaborate story about how the singer from queensway once was wearing my bench press sweatshirt and uh it was going to tie a whole bunch of things we said together but that's a too complicated story <laughs> we're not getting into it okay so the the other thing though is 
it's funny that you mentioned the lifeless dream record, which I think is so underrated and so incredible. And, uh, but yeah. anyway, but the, uh, and specifically, I got to say this specifically, uh, the production and Jeremy Tingle's vocals on that record. But anyway, that when I was listening to Lawless to Grave earlier, there was parts that you were doing that reminded me of, of that. And, uh, I wasn't going to mention it, but you did, and, and, and so, so there's some parallels there. How, how, how much? So which, which brings me to a question that I like to ask bands now about their, about yeah. which, um, which of their peer. I mean, I know Lifeless hasn't been around for a while, but which, which bands that are happening now or recently do you find yourself? Uh, influenced by or impressed by because it's always easy to say that like oh it's these bands from the early 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 90s or late 80s and that's the type of shit that we wanted to go off of but i think it's more realistic to say there was this really great record you know 10 years ago that's fucking awesome and i listen to it still all the time so i don't know so what 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 catches your ears recently that you that you wanted to i don't know go 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 forward with on lawless to grave my my favorite hardcore band that's come out in the last five, I'm going to say five years because I think that's current enough, um, is Queensway, hands down. Like they, I mean, they draw a lot of influence from from other bands, but they're all good bands. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the the most comparable one is probably Stout, but Ooh. I mean, Queensway. Queensway is like a, they're like the modern day version of Stout. They do it in their own way. It's not, they're not like a ripoff band. They're, there's something very genuine about what they do, but Pat has like some real shit that he sings about. And he's, he's a, a very close friend of mine. Oh, he is. And Good. We, yeah. I like, I, I love Pat. And we, I mean, even when, when he was, when they were writing the real fear and when we were working on lawless, we, we would send each other like lyrics back and forth all the time and just talk about stuff. But he's, that's why, that's a big reason why I know that Queensway is just, man, there's a real ass band, but they're, they have so much style. They're, they're hard. They're heavy. They got groove though. Like they, like when you listen to them, it's like fuck, this is so intense. But it's also like it just makes you want to move too. Like and yeah. that's, it's exciting. There's a there's a different kind of energy, and it. it's a raw energy. But they're they're number one for me. Um, I I love Section Hate. I think Section Hate is a fucking amazing band too. Like they're kind of taking a little bit of like the the coldest life sound and using a lot of like straight up punk behind it too. Cause yeah. I mean, Mexi Mike is like a, I mean, the dude is like a, an encyclopedia for bands and those, those dudes are as real as it gets as well. So you, you listen to section Hey, and it's like, all right, man, like this stuff is so incredibly in your face and it, it sounds reminiscent of older bands, but they do it in their own way and it makes them their own unique band. But both of those bands, like, you can't you can't be in a band and not draw influence from something else. It's whether you have the capability to make the band your own or not. Nobody wants to just hear like another knockoff, Ignatic Front or Madball or something like that's that's been done. 
you got to take their influence and make your own sound with it. And I think those two bands do that flawlessly. So I love those bands. And then Lifeless too. I mean, who, who do you compare Lifeless to? I don't know. I think I used to say, and I know, I know that was rhetorical, but I, but I used to say like, you know, it reminded me of Marauder, but then, then when they, when they added like the kind of more crowbar stuff, it was just, I, I, I love what they did. I love what, especially specifically that dream record. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love that band. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got, I got a lot of, I got a lot of personal ties to a lot of things that you said just there. Um, Jay Money was a very close friend of mine, so I've so I've so I love Lifeless, of course. Um, uh, like you mentioned, Queensway and uh, basically Stout. Stout is probably the band that I've seen most in my life. Uh, and okay, and like, but, but when I was moving out of Baltimore is about when Queensway was coming up, right? But but I got to see them like coming up, and uh, and they were a cool one. But I, and and there's been an interesting thing that I think, and I don't mean to steer this whole conversation towards Baltimore bands, but Baltimore bands for some reason have this unique, like the ones that you hear about, like you hear about, you know, Stout, Trapped Under Ice, uh, Turnstile, Queensway, uh, I don't know, Next Step Up, whatever. None of those sound the same, but they're all, no, they're all influenced by each other. Gut Instinct, like it all starts with Gut Instinct, Gut Instinct, Next Step Up, Stout, uh, Trapped Under Ice, Turnstile, Queensway. Like it's all, like if you go in that succession, it's all they're all related, but all very different. And it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's, it's a cool way. I wish uh, other cities would evolve like that. And I'm sure they do. And I'm just unaware. I'm very biased, but anyway, yeah. The, and I'm going to, I'm going to touch base on that too, because I have a perspective that you guys don't have being not from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all of those bands, like being a kid from the Midwest, when, when I would see those bands, where I would think about those bands and like Baltimore as a whole, it's like, man, like it's Baltimore's got a reputation going by body more, obviously like there's, right. it's a Baltimore's got a reputation for being a scary place. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's earned that acclaim, but these, oh, yeah, I've woken that, up in the hospital. <laughs> right. I woke so up like, in the hospital with my yeah, mouth I mean, with my mouth slit open. Yeah, with a with my brain bleeding. It happened to me. Yeah, Baltimore's real. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> so when when you're from the the Midwest, like we like I me and like some of my friends, we would view these bands as like almost being part of this like whole other underworld. Like. You read Tad from Stout's lyrics, and you read Next Step, uh, Next Step Up lyrics, and like you read Queensway lyrics, you read Trapped on Ice lyrics. It's like where the like part of you is like, where the fuck do these guys live? You know, <laughs> like there's like this crazy underworld that's just like full of these mutant hardcore bands. But it was like the coolest shit in the world to me. Like I I didn't like it wasn't it wasn't an instance where like. I idolized these guys necessarily. I was like, I want to know like what they're about. I want to see these bands. I want to understand this in person. Cause I lived, I mean, I've lived in some really, really fucking bad areas and gone through plenty of my fair share of not exciting, but exciting things as well. But you're, when you're from the Midwest, you're, you're from the Midwest and, when you have a band, a bunch of bands from Baltimore and Baltimore's just got like this 
dark, grimy aura over it and this hardcore coming out of that. Like, that's the, that's the hardest shit. Like, it, it's just crazy. Like, and then you meet people from Baltimore and you play with their bands and then you play there eventually. And it kind of almost is like everything that you were fantasizing it was about. Like, we, like we, we play a sidebar a couple times. Best venue in the world. Like, even though, yeah, like the sidebar's fucking awesome. And it's like kind of in like a dark, little bit of like a dingy area. And you're played down in like, you know, like this, this darker area that's off the side. And like the whole surroundings, like, yep, yeah, like everything that I thought about Baltimore is, is what I'm experiencing in Baltimore right now. That makes me that makes me so happy to hear that. That Baltimore, or, I'm sorry, uh, like I said, Baltimore was my home for many years, but but uh, that's where my daughter was born. But uh, the but the sidebar specifically has always been my favorite venue since the first time I ever went there. We used to have shows out in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I, I, I can get all wrapped up talking about Baltimore, but I, I and and I don't want to do that because I want to talk to you about purgatory. Sure. And I well, but bringing up all the like these different places is just because we're talking about Baltimore. You've mentioned how you've moved around has and and maybe that's why you like everything that I see about purgatory just mentions the Midwest because it's because you don't really have roots laid down anywhere. Do you feel like that's been a hindrance in any way to, to your band not being able to say we're from this place and we rep this place? Uh, absolutely. Like when, when we started in Nebraska, it was easy because that's where the inception was. But then from Nebraska, I moved out to Atlanta and dude, there was a point in time where I lived in Atlanta our drummer lived in Tennessee. Our guitar player lived in Iowa, and our other guitar player and bass player lived in fucking Arizona. Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. So it's like it was like so much for local shows. You know, that's not happening. We would have we had like a B team basically, where that were a little more centralized, closer to me. Um, so if we wanted to play like little one-off things or maybe do like a two day weekend run, it was like, all right, like, and I, I don't want to say B team, like they weren't talented musicians. I more so mean like, you know, just, they were a group of dudes just, it was a couple of the guys from chamber and then Adam from Orthodox. Um, Easterling. They played, they would, they would fill in for purgatory all the time. Okay. okay. And so we would play like just little one-off things just so we could keep playing because I didn't want to be just a touring band. Like, it's no offense to, to bands that do that, but I can't, I, I can't just tour. I need to play shows, like, even if it's just one. I don't want to wait to go on tour. <laughs> but that, after I moved from Nebraska and we became spread out like that, it, I mean, yeah, definitely, I'll definitely say that it fucked things up. And then, from Atlanta, I moved to Indiana, and I've always been really, really tight with people from Indiana for a long, long time now. And half the band lives here anyways. So we rep Indiana really hard because this is where the the roots of the band are laid down now. This is where our foundation is, and it's been that way for years. I mean, I own a house here. I bought a house here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and the other guys, uh, Brian, who plays guitar for us, he's been playing for Purgatory on and off since like 2016. And he's from Indiana. And like we used to have fill ins from Indiana 
So it became like home team right away. And, but it's, it's still hard, you know, because believe it or not, like there's, there's people out here from Indiana and like right across the border over in Illinois and stuff. I try and talk shit on us repping Indiana because they're like, you ain't fucking from here. And I'm like, you're mad because I'm repping our state when we go out on tour and bringing yeah. attention back to like a small so, little scene. You're fucking mad about that? Yeah. I believe um, it. So yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's weird, you know? It's uh, weird. I don't know. <laughs> that's That's when, that is when hardcore is the stupidest thing on earth. All right. And it's something. That, I, not even in hindsight, I've always felt this way. the The whole like uh, territorial thing of uh, the hardcore scene is so fucking bizarre. It's like you, you <laughs> it's not cool to be from there. It's not cool to rep there. But you better respect it. But you bet, like, what the fuck? What are you, like everybody's real, real into their area codes. But you don't come in here. Don't talk about it. Don't be like it's. It's very confusing and ass backwards. And as a full fucking grown adult. It's super silly, and I thought that shit was mostly yeah. gone, but I'm not surprised if it's still there. It, yeah, it, it is weird. I'm in the same boat. It's like, yo, we all fly under the same flag here, and like, <laughs> there's a lot of like little exclusive groups all over the United States. And right. hey, like, I am totally, totally aware that there's like New York hardcore, LA hardcore. And those and like the East Coast and West Coast and their their areas ride super hard for each other. And like there is just an overwhelming amount of really good bands from those areas. But there's there's hardcore that exists in other parts of the country as well. The, one of my biggest qualms though is kids in the in the Midwest are very very naive. And instead of being like, hey. Like, if we all band together and build up the Midwest, we can be like the coast. Instead, they're like, no, I want to fucking jock the East Coast or I want to jock the West Coast. And it's like you're leaving your local bands hanging. Yeah, it's lame. All you kids need to ride from the Midwest hard as shit and make it seem like we have the biggest scene on the fucking planet. And then that's going to make other people be like, all right, I got to see what's up with Indiana or I got to see what's up with Chicago. I want to go there. I was going to say Chicago feels like that's what they're doing. The amount of bands coming out of Chicago right now is is impressive, and all of them are good. You know, so at least the ones that I'm here. Holding it down. Yeah, yeah, they're they're holding it down, and we like we try and and ride with Chicago because it's like I mean it's forty miles away. It's like thirty eight miles away from my house. You know, (laughs) so we don't try and belong to Chicago hardcore, but we ride with those fans really hard because they're friends, they're close, but all that's going to do is just help our general area. It's Indiana. I mean, Indiana has a struggling hardcore scene. There's just not many bands. There's not a lot of kids, but we're so close to Chicago. Like we can go play there and we're so close to Milwaukee. We can play there. And both those scenes come and play in Indiana too. So it's like, Hey, like, we don't need to be competing against each other for as silly as it is to even compete in hardcore in the first place. Like we fuck with your band, we fuck with your band. Let's let's just ride this thing together, you know? It's the the competition in hardcore is ridiculous. There's there's like a couple thousand people into the fucking genre and people want to argue over it. It's it's super silly. 
but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm using a lot of hyperbole, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I'm, I'm on the same boat. So let's, let's steer back to purgatory again. We keep getting off track and that's all right. I, I have no problem with that, but, uh, but I want to make sure we talk about, we talk about your band and lawless to the grave and the fact that it comes out on April 9th, my brother's birthday on unbeaten records. Um, the, you you put out um, two at least two singles already maybe maybe more but I, I know of stack them up and no one gets out alive or out there for everybody else um, how's that been yep. received so far? It, it's been cool. Uh, stack them up had a pretty big like I, I want to say like premiere basically like the the folks over at Metal Injection were cool enough to like pick it up and premiere it on their site. So it drew a lot of eyes from people that might not have ever heard of us before um, or even bothered to check us out. And No One Gets It Alive, is, it steadily picks up steam. Like there's, there's more and more people checking it out. And I think by the time that the record comes out, like, and even when the record does actually come out and they hear the rest of the songs, it's going gonna, it's gonna to draw a ton of attention toward both those songs. And like, I'm not going to, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, but both of those songs, especially No One Gets Out Alive, are fucking awesome. So, like, if if anybody checks it out, it's exciting because they generally feel the same way about it that we do. Yeah. So, it's it's been cool. Like, if one kid or a hundred kids or a thousand kids listen to it and are like, yo, this is the shit, that, that's, like, the coolest thing in the world. Well, what kind of uh, expectations, I guess, do you have for yourself in this record with the limited things you can do? I mean, I talk about this a lot now with people, and I can't believe that I've been talking about people talking about this to people for over a, or a year now. But all you can do is right. this, and I don't know. I don't know. You can do this, and you can do like live streams or whatever. So, like, what are what are you anticipating, and what are you looking forward to when this officially gets released? I don't see any reason at all why it shouldn't be on everybody's radar. And it's because of the things that you just said. We haven't, people are dying for a hardcore show. Mm-hmm. They're dying for it. And I get it because we are too. But in the meantime, you don't have access to that. So all you can do is listen to music and pay attention to what hardcore bands are doing. What there's not that many of us out here like dropping records and dropping songs right now. So my expectation is this should be fucking everywhere. It's not because I think we're the best band in the world, but Lawless to Grave should be on everybody's radar because we're a hardcore band that's dropping new music during a pandemic when other bands aren't. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great point, and I think that's something that I've been trying to preach to a lot of people is now is the time to put them out too. You got a kind of a captive audience, like just just. Yeah, just let it, let it go, let it fly, and uh, I think it's I think it's yeah. very cool that you guys are doing this and that that on unbeaten's on board to put out music during a pandemic because I know it's a risk for labels, you know, too because whatever. But, it is, it is. But it seems like unless I, I we say, need. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are afraid to put on music because they can't go play on it right away or tour on it right away, but like kids are going to be able to listen to stuff and, and, and get familiar with it before you go play. So right. you don't run the risk of 
like dropping this and then go playing a show and being like, we're going to play a couple new songs. And everybody's like, didn't even know you had new music out, you know, like, so it's, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when we play our first show back. Cause the record's going to be out for a little while. And like I said, it, you, unless you're just choosing not to pay attention or you just don't want to check it out. I do have an expectation that the record is going to reach a lot of ears and a lot of eyes. That's good. And I love the honesty of it. Cause a lot of people say they don't have any expectations because of this, but it's, but I, but I like what you're thinking and I agree with it completely. Um, and, uh, I hope it works out because I don't see any reason why I shouldn't. Like I said, I've listened to the record several times over. It's fucking awesome. Super heavy, a little bit dynamic, a little bit, I think a little bit, uh, some things I wasn't expecting from you guys. Um, and you know, minor things, but some things that I wasn't expecting from you guys. And I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, we've been going on for about an hour, so we should probably wrap it up. Um, I want to say one thing though. I already see that, uh, you guys have already doing pre-orders, right? And that seems to be going well from what I saw some posts about things almost being sold out. Yeah, both. I know one of the one of the records might be sold out now and the other one is down to, to Slim Pickens. And I don't know what the the plans are for a second pressing right now, so it's kind of a you know, grab them while you can type thing. Well, shit, people are going to miss it because I bet this one will come out. This episode you and I are doing right now will come out on like March 22nd. So if there's anything still left, uh, good luck. But um, but yeah, but anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to recognize that you guys are doing well already. And that's that's got to be an encouraging thing. Yeah, it's really exciting. Like, I know I just said that I got expectations for certain things, but at the same time, like I never expected people to like buy our music or support us in that way like I, I i think that people are gonna hear our music and see our music and things like that but to, to go as far as to spend money on it i mean that's that's always humbling it's that's that's just awesome yeah yeah all right dude well hey i want to thank you for taking the time to have this conversation i had a lot of fun i hope you did too um, I'm looking forward to yeah, other people yeah. hearing this record and uh, always glad to support anything on Unbeaten and of course Purgatory like I said I've been listening to you guys for a while but but this one this one is definitely your best and I think everyone else will agree um, yeah that's it man thank you man for real I, I appreciate this opportunity a ton thank you for the kind words absolutely alright talk to you later brother yeah absolutely have a good night you too
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Matt. And the song you just heard was Loyalty Denied. They just put out a video for that track. So be sure to go check that out before you pick up the record on April 9th from Unbeaten Records, which I know you'll do. You're totally convinced. I didn't need to do a lot of convincing. The music did it for you. But Matt's charm might have worked its magic as well. All right. So what else do we got to talk about on this one? Well, uh, the NBA trade deadline is over. The Sixers didn't do anything spectacular, but they did land George Hill and didn't overpay for Kyle Lowry. So we're all happy about that, right? Okay, I thought so. Um, yeah, what's, what's, what else is happening with the Getting It Out podcast? Well, the usual. The website comes eventually. I'm told before the NFL draft, so we can shake our heads about the moves the Eagles made uh, publicly, but that will basically just be an article, which is a facepalm. All the people who hate sports who listen to this are like, Jesus, man, shut the fuck up about it. But that's all right. I'm just going to do what I want because that's what I do. Um, and that seems to be bothering a lot of people in uh, specifically the hardcore podcast community lately. And that's very funny and it's very passive aggressive. And nobody's saying it to my face. They're saying it to other people. I just wanted to put that in here at the end that I'm aware. All right. I see it. If we're all going to be passive aggressive, let's just keep it that way. All right. But let's not pretend it's not happening either. Okay. Fucking dorks. Okay. So as I mentioned, gettingitout.net is well on its way. It has to be uh, the Instagram page at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast is raring. And what does raring mean? It's 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 happening. That's the place to be, especially lately. Got a lot of giveaways going on right beside me. I got two packages that are going out to recent winners on getting it out. Instagram giveaways. They are they are uh, they're pretty decent packages. I got to tell you, uh, the last one that I just boxed up, you had a, at least one LP, two seven inches, two CDs, a T-shirt, a bunch of stickers, some pins. And that's just for uh for commenting on a post you can get a lot of those if you just follow getting it out on instagram.com is instagram a dot com i think it is anyways you can also go to the facebook.com slash getting it out podcast and if you're a real person if you're the best type of person you can go to patreon.com slash getting it out podcast and sign up to be a contributor and you'll be greatly appreciated and i'll just send you stuff for free when you do that that's what i do with everybody just got to remember to put your address in there and i'll get you something at least and when you do that i automatically enter you enter you into these giveaways nobody's won that way yet but somebody will there's enough of you that somebody's eventually going to win that way uh but yeah i appreciate everybody who does that it's only $3 a month at most and uh, as low as $1 a month, and that's pretty cool. Think of it as buying one band t-shirt. Think of it as getting into one show, but it lasts all year long. That's the way to do it, and I appreciate it. All right, let's wrap this one up with a song from New Hampshire's Wargraves. They're, uh, well, I call them hardcore punk. You can call them whatever we want. But the song is from their Grim Winter EP, and the track is called Secret Key. Check it out. Check them out, and uh, have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 